Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Hey everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show wherever you get it. iTunes, Android, Stitcher, aboutlastnightpodcast.com. We appreciate the love, the tweets, the emails, the merch. Holy shit, I just finished up a weekend in San Diego at the American Comedy Company. Shout out to Justin Hollister and the staff there. You guys are unreal. Unbelievable weekend. Sold some shows out. Avery Pearson, Johnny LaQuasto came. We crushed it. A lot of ALN fans came out, uh, merch, signed some shirts. It's, uh, it's unbelievable when you guys do that. So thank you so much. Today's episode is so fun. This is uh, a guy I went to college with um, in my fraternity at Pi at USC. He is a uh, big-time Hollywood film director. Uh, you're going you're gonna to know this guy if you don't already know him in the next few years. He's making moves. Um, his father, uh, Henry Winkler... Of course, the Fonz from Happy Days, who uh, I also met and worked for uh, while I was at USC, interning for him at Hollywood Squares, um, and some other miscellaneous things. Uh, Henry, the sweetest guy on planet Earth. Um, I'm talking about my boy Max Winkler. That's right, Max Winkler, up-and-coming Hollywood director, sweetest guy ever, and uh, had never done a podcast. And, you know, that's what's great about this. Uh, Just so many friends and uh, people... In LA, that are just interesting and worthy of this pod. That after having the pod for now, you know, almost uh, three and a half years, and and living in LA for fifteen, it's just like I've met so many fascinating people, and and it's cool when I can be like, you want to do the pod? And they're like, what? What? Uh, yeah, is it? I don't know. I've never done one, and then they do it and they crush it. Max had some amazing stories of just growing up in that Hollywood limelight business, how he got into directing, directing his first movie. Um, Ceremony, uh, King of Central Park, the short film he did with Jeffrey Tambor and his dad, Henry Winkler. Um, Max had some amazing insights into just the world of directing, which I think uh, can be applied for a lot of things. Just the you know overwhelming experience of, of jumping into a new endeavor and uh, and you know his uh, his relationship to the business. As he navigated through that, um, he told a story of this kid he went to high school with who. It was the greatest bar mitzvah story of all time, is, is what we'll title it. A um, lot of laughs. Max is great. He, uh, he brought it, dude. He, he was so unsure of what he was going to say and if he could hold his own, and he, he crushed it, dude. Um, Max has a lot of good things in the works, so, uh, you know, just, just stay, stay following him on, on Facebook. He does not have a Twitter. I think he's got an Instagram. I think it's just Max Winkler. Uh, look him up, follow him. You'll be hearing a lot more from Max very soon. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Follow the podcast on Twitter at ALN Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Adam Ray 33. Brad at Brad Williams Comic. Uh, and go see Brad this week in China. I went on Brad's website. He's going to be in Chenggu, China, Wuxi, China, Suho, China. And. Uh, Go see him if you're out there. Holy shit. Brad in China. Little Brad in big China. I wanted to go out there with him and film a documentary. It's going to have to wait till next time. Uh, But this weekend, I will be in Bonnaroo. Holy shit. The Bonnaroo Comedy Music Festival. I've uh, been a fan of this festival for a long time. It's been a dream to be there because it's just the best of the best for comedy and music. And I got added to the lineup and I'm pumped. 
Going to be doing shows with my boy Adam Devine. Judd Apatow is going to be there. Pete Davidson. Beth Stelling. Uh, Pearl Jam is going to be there, which I fucking am going to see live finally. I'm pumped about that. I'm also doing the goddamn Comedy Jam with Josh Adam Myers. Um, so that'll be fun. Bonnaroo in Tennessee, July 10th through the 12th. Come out and, uh, and see me if you're anywhere near there. Um, tickets, I think, are just available at, at Bonnaroo.com. That'll be a blast. Um, and, uh, and then I've got a handful of other tour dates, but I'm kind of slowing down because uh, some pretty cool news to announce. I found out last week I had auditioned a handful of times, and I just found out that I got it, and I'm so fucking pumped. I'm going to be on the cast of the new Mad TV that is coming back this fall on The CW. Remember Mad TV? Michael McDonald, Bobby Lee, Ari Spears, Nicole Sullivan, Deborah Wilson, Will Sasso, Brian Callen. Yeah, I'm going to be on the new cast. <laughs> Holy shit. It, I'm so fucking pumped. I've wanted to do Sketch for so long. And Mad TV was the shit, and they're bringing it back. And a bunch of the old cast members are coming back. We start July 1st. We're going to shoot all summer, and it's going to air in the fall. And holy shit, man, I'm going to be on TV a bunch doing sketch comedy, man. I'm so pumped. The The, the cast is unreal. Um, man, I don't know what else to say, but um, cool stuff coming. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be dope. So be on the lookout for that. Tour dates are going to slow down. Uh, this summer and then ramp up hard once Mad TV hits in the fall. So uh, make sure you're, you're tuned into AdamRayTV.com to see all my tour dates. Uh, BradWilliamsComedy.com for his tour dates. And again, get your ALN merch and bring them to the shows, baby. AstoyMerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y-Merchandise.com. Hats, shirts, mugs, posters, new posters and shirts. I don't know if you guys have been following us on Twitter and Instagram, but our girl Nicole Bisek posted... Uh, took rather for us these new promo pics, these ET photos. Holy shit! It, the, maybe the best picture Brad and I have ever taken. We're gonna make shirts and posters out of them. So make sure you pre-order them on astoymerchandise.com. Uh, it's <laughs> Brad wrapped in a blanket in a bicycle basket. What more could you fucking want out of life? Uh, so go to astoymerchandise.com, get your Alien merch, bring them to the shows, baby. And of course, five-star ratings and comments on the iTunes page helps us climb the charts. We appreciate the love. Go to iTunes right now before the episode starts and give us a five-star rating and comment on the iTunes page for About Last Night. We appreciate the love. So many great episodes coming up, by the way. We booked some handful, I'm sorry, a handful of epic guests in the last two weeks. I don't want to jinx it or just share yet. I want you to be surprised, but, uh... Just make sure you're subscribed. Tell your friends and family to subscribe. And enjoy the shows coming up. Now that we got the tour dates out of the way, those are the Twitter handles. That's all the merch info. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with our buddy, Max Winkler. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. That's all we need you to do. Is this live or no? No. Do you guys edit it? Yeah. We want to. Yeah. No, so I don't need to. I was just curious. If you say something like really weird or like not funny, we'll like dub in like Richard <laughs> sure. Pryor clips. Right. Yeah. You know, if you go go off on a right. racial <laughs> slur that right. you're like, eh, that's probably not going to be too good for me. <laughs> no, it might be just what I need. <laughs> you know what's so funny? In, in um, uh, I um, was pulling up just... 
some YouTube, like some interview stuff uh, on you, which uh, which was a lot good. of fun. Yeah. Um, you are good. Like you're you're right on that mic right now, which yeah. is great. Very 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 <laughs> professional. Are we started already? Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, we can okay. wait a minute. Do you want to? Wanna... No, I don't understand. You don't say let's go. <laughs> well, no, because then we we, we such like such a we, Jewish we, we, mother thing to say. No, we like shocking. it to be organic conversation. We don't like to be the guys like, hey everybody, welcome to your Pat Last Night podcast. We got Max Winkler in studio. Oh, oh, this is gonna be good. Yeah, we used to. Am do I that. right? Um, you're perfect. You I pull sound? that mic right right to you. Even closer. Yeah. Hug that baby. Okay. Have you done a podcast? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't remember which ones, but I, I really, um, I've always sort of had this secret inclination that I sort of thrive in this type of format. You do? Yeah. Well, because you're a great conversationalist. I like to have conversations and... Uh, you're witty and you keep things moving. I like to keep things moving. I don't like to dwell. You don't get angry when people interrupt you a lot? No, I don't care about that. <laughs> Obviously. Um, I, the only thing is I don't, I, I yeah. No, I, I've always liked this part. I, I like I like doing this part. Well, one thing I thought was great when I uh, was YouTubing Max Winkler is, uh, you know, a lot of fun interviews and a lot of, like, ceremony um, wow. press stuff. Shocking. And there was one, but there was one thing I didn't even know. It's always great when you find, like, new... I know what this is. TMZ type. Oh. <laughs> well, I want to hear what you thought I would say. But first of all, it was called, like, Hollywood Pop Candy or something. That's a shocking interview. It was, like, with, like, German... <laughs> It was like a German sort of just like... Well, first of all, they had a clip of just Max Winkler like caught driving. Right. So they, okay. there was a quick clip of you driving, and then they followed your car. Stars, they're just like us. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and I was like, I wonder if Max has seen this, and at what point did he see it and go, I've made it. Hollywood pop candy caught me driving. Yeah, that I actually thought you were talking about this interview I did with a dog <laughs> that I think was like for like a German candy store or something. It's so wow. Is know, there anyone you say no to on your press? Circuit? I was mis I was mis sort of directed by a team of publicists. And well, so when they said like, oh, this per- this person's a dog, you're like, oh, they talk about dirty stuff. It's like, no, it's an actual dog. They just said he was German. I didn't know he was a shepherd. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Well, how'd it go? That's part of my cat skills routine. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. It was literally, I think, for like a candy shop or something. And the way these independent movies make, they, they sell them in foreign territories. When yeah. You, and so you do these bizarre... Is there somebody behind it? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Norman. Norman's doing all our social media for the pod. Seems yeah. like he's doing great so far. <laughs> <laughs> he strolls right in. <laughs> Breaking balls. Yeah, it's so funny. I forget that he has the passcode and also a sitcom style of entering rooms where he just opens the door and comes yeah. in. And so sometimes it is a little daunting. Yeah. The, 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 the worst is when we have like a, fe- a female guest and she's just sitting talking and then Norman likes to get right up behind them right. and just say, hi. And that, well, that, 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 I mean, that's not free, nice. Feel free. <laughs> Max has a very whisperable ear. I mean. Max, how are you? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? Great. What's been going on? I mean, uh, this, traveling. I like your place. Thanks, buddy. It's comfortable. Yeah, how, um, do you have a girl? I do. Okay, so you're domesticated. Yes, but she lives in New York, so I, I really... you the long distance. I straddle the line. Straddle the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't see, Max gave me a really uh, charismatic wink. What, yeah. what, uh... Wait, we call her, uh, we call her private parts Mason-Dixon. <laughs> So you're a fan of crossing that line. Yeah. All right. Good to know. Well, how, how was the long distance thing? Uh, I did that was it. It's actually a geographical joke. Uh, <laughs> it's actually going well so far. Um, yeah. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because with the long distance thing, and it's not like long distance, like 
L.A. San Francisco where it's an hour flight. That's a no. You've that's got, a commitment. Yeah, that's a weekend. Yeah, it's a weekend. Yeah, and, um, and sometimes it, more. I would fly out there and extend my trip many times when I was doing L.A. to New York. Yeah, I like being in New York. Me too. So um, it's a good place to go. Yes, and I and I have a lot of friends there, and some of my best friends, and she gets along with my friends really well, and I get along with her friends very awesome. well. So it's nice. And um, what, was there that pressure when you met the friends? No, not really. She's very cool. Like okay. she could, she could, she could be right in that place. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't adjust your game plan. How you, much time did you, you hear that, Norman? He's he's picturing you as a woman right now. <laughs> it's not wow. hard. <laughs> so he's got sweet dimples, great complexion. It looks good from where I'm sitting. <laughs> uh, you, how wait, uh, when you. How many times have you been in New York before you did uh, King of Central Park in New York? Oh, my God. Uh, a lot. I, I'd grown up sort of – I'd always like been sort of hateful of my uh, – growing up in Los Angeles. I'd always found it really uninteresting. And so at like very young age on family vacations, I would lie to girls and tell them I was like from Georgia. <laughs> now, Remember I told one girl I was half Georgian. Yeah. Okay. And Is that also, a thing? Mighty Ducks had just come out, and I also said I played hockey. <laughs> well, that's a great move for any kid. Yeah. Well, and I was also very into uh, West Side Story, so I had stolen. You uh, said you were Puerto Rican. I'd stolen. I my sister actually said she's Puerto Rican before uh, in San Francisco on a ferry. That's a whole different story. It's genuinely true. It, there's shame from growing up sort of in Los Angeles. I think sometimes. Why? Yeah. Why I don't know. That? It feels really. Thank you, Max. I mean. And it's a local call. I'm so sorry, dude. It could be my um, my landlord. Shut up. Could be my <laughs> could be my landlord. I've been getting hassled about having pool toys on the uh, patio. So. Right, I understand. Yeah, uh-huh. go ahead and pull that mic a little closer to your. Uh, yeah, she's not wrong. <laughs> First thing I notice. Um, yeah, like uh, like most people when they hear when I tell people that I'm from Southern California, they're like, "Oh my god, I would love to be from there or yep. go yeah. there, visit there." So and I immediately judged you for it. Yeah. <laughs> But like, but like, but like, but like, what's your uh, what about L.A. turned you off to? It? I don't know. I mean, part of what I I think uh, where I think things are funnier probably from growing up in Los Angeles. I think you have a very good barometer of sort of the absurd. So I think a lot of my sure. friends' sense of humor and what makes us laugh when we watch stuff is like sort of absurdist type stuff based mm-hmm. on just knowing don't go to that street at a certain hour because. It's a bad place to be, not because it's dangerous, but because it could destroy your soul. <laughs> okay. um, so, so you've been to certain parts of Santa Monica Boulevard. No, Santa Monica <laughs> Boulevard's fine. I'm talking about like there's like there's just certain weird places in LA that just are where people aren't aware that this is like life is a circus and this is all a joke <laughs> and it's all gonna end. It, 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 <laughs> wow. So uh, sleep tight, everybody. Uh, now is that is that sort of the thing where people in LA are just kind of always looking for whoever can help them? They're kind of I don't know. They're kind I of fake. O- I was always so. I always had my group of friends who were my friends from high school and mm-hmm. my friends from college, who, and Adam is one of them, and I never adhered to that sort of sort of thing. I just There was just like sort of – I was always felt like it was uninteresting just because all of my friends grew up and did movie stuff and are from L.A. And so yeah. whenever I would go on vacation with my family, I would get to you know wear someone else's pants for a couple of days. And <laughs> it was a George – it was a half-Georgian hockey player that <laughs> – did, and it was a work? liar. And I, what I was saying about West Side Story actually is that yeah. I, I actually got caught by the security of the hotel um, because I'd stolen these nail files from the gift shop because I wanted to stage a rumble. 
And the truth of the matter is, is I guess no one wants to be themselves. <laughs> I mean, well, out- it's fun to play pretend. Yeah. yeah. Where and, and did you always have a uh, creative, uh, you know, mind? I mean, yeah. obviously, growing up uh, with the business around you, right. that has to influence a little. How a little long bit. is it? How long is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. We'll do an hour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll go more. Okay. Possibly right. 90. I'll keep going. Okay. I'd um, say 8.30 will be uh, a yeah. cutoff. Uh, I'll do whatever. Okay, great. It doesn't have to be. Doesn't, I love that. <laughs> um, what was the question? Does just growing, growing up, up with, with, yeah. with uh, business stuff around you, like, does right. that influence your creativity? No, because, I, I mean, like being on movie sets is, is notoriously known, if you don't have somebody who is the most boring, worst place you could ever right. be, never felt more out of place. Especially for a kid. More, even as a kid, you can feel the grip sort of looking at you like, get this little fucking rat bag <laughs> off me. Friggin' silver spoon in his mouth. <laughs> so I never liked to be there, but I did have a very hard time, uh, like in school, and so I got in a lot of trouble. Yeah, uh, I read somewhere that you were asked to leave. I your... was asked to leave certain schools. I was a real troublemaker. Which yeah, I had debilitating uh, attention deficit issues. Like I, it's still t- for to sit down is is painful. Well, you can stand up and run in place if you no, want I'm for this happy, podcast. No, I'm happy, actually. I'm okay. That's what that stair for. You think that's for me? That's for you, baby. I don't want you to get too antsy. That Stairmaster looks like it should be in a museum. In the, One day it will be. The museum, that, if there was a museum called the 1994 Orlando, Orlando, Florida Museum. That's actually just, uh, most of the 1994 Orlando magic worked out on that and machine. If there was just things that belonged in Orlando in 1994. Thank God. Why is that such a perfect description of a that particular stairmaster, but stairmasters in general? That seems like a 1994 exercise. Because that looks like that looks like Mark Summer just uh, <laughs> was giving that away to a family that didn't want it because yeah. they were bummed they didn't get the trip. Or the Huffy bikes or the British Knights. Wow, oh. you're spe- I mean, you're, you're you're going through the entire K- prize package. KB Toy Store. Wow, what a what a Jeez. the day that they officially announced they were out of business. Yeah. Maybe worse than the day my folks split up. It was the day the music died, they said. That was what the song was written about. <laughs> KB Toys Club. The true sign of wealth, like like I heard Barbara Streisand has like a, a mini mall in her basement, like what? with real stores and stuff. Yeah, like a full mall. And like, like an Orange Julius and, yeah, and a Massage Envy. Probably not an Orange Julius. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, like clothes it. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe Orange Julius. I would have that. Yeah, but certainly. I think the true sign of making it is when you recreate a KB toy store in your basement and it, you get to just run through it and, and I mean, have your own shopping spree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just you just gave me an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean How bad did you want one of those shopping sprees growing up? Really, really bad. <laughs> How bad did you want to be on double there? Really, really bad. But my family was too uh dysfunctional that we could have never done the family uh we the family double there. Yeah, we too many things would have come out. <laughs> Wait, so what got you kicked out of school? So if yeah. you can... just was bad. I was just a bad boy. S- school just wasn't yeah. for you just didn't want to focus up? And- no, I was just a naughty boy. I just, like, when I saw trouble, I just ran towards it. Like, mm. it was the opposite of, and which is weird, because I also suffer from sort of a, a shocking amount of guilt for everything I do. So it was this weird <laughs> thing, because I would do these things, like I would... And get the rush. Yeah, I would, like, hang out in the condemned house and, like, carve, like, F-U-K into a tree and then immediately <laughs> cry about it. <laughs> oh, man, that... Couldn't yeah. even appreciate your work for a couple minutes. No, that's the thing. So you're you're it. finishing the K and the t- and you just you catch a glimpse of a branch that looks like a whole family yeah. of birds lives on it, and you're like, what have I done? Or what I did wrong? All the yeah. mistakes and not the fact that I carved into the tree, but my script. 
you know, like just like the, <laughs> which is really kind of a symbol for life, I think, or for my life exactly. I, you know, it's very hard for me to be present in the moment. I think. Well, you're doing a great job right now. I feel present right now. Good. I feel like it's a true sign, by the way, of somebody who's going to be a creative. Um, you know, pursuer, especially in this business of somebody who doesn't want to. I was the exact same way. I mean, rebellious in certain aspects, but also like did not want to do school. Right. It's hard. It's it, a lot of it is boring, and it's a also, lot of it is some of it is great. Like I, I really liked history. I, I never. I, I math was very hard for me. Yeah, now, but the wrong type of history too. Like you know, learning about the wars. I was always like, yo, but what year was the super soaker invented? Right. And who was the guy that did it? Yeah, eighty nine. Do you know the name? Uh, Johan <laughs> Vandersloot. I mean, can I, can I be honest? That's probably the guy. No, that guy actually is a murderer, and I shouldn't. Have <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's the Natalie Hall. No, no, no. Right. He is a murderer because he yeah. pumped the super soaker so many times that when he actually shot a guy, it killed him. That actually is a true story and yeah. not funny. I was not just an urban legend on a I podcast. Didn't mean I didn't mean it to be funny. I was just trying to be um, factual for our listeners. Max, your high school uh, was Crossroads. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, did you enjoy that experience yes, at least? Because that's lo- where you got some of your good buds. I love that because it. Uh, I was able to instead of make. I guess this is the answer about the creative stuff. I was able to like make movies and stuff instead of writing papers. Sometimes, like I would sort of argue for uh, like to make uh, the chimney sweeper uh, a, a movie about a chimney sweeper, the William Blake poem, rather rather than writing about it. Right. And so that they really sort of the school is a special place for kind of. The arts. Knowing children's limits. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really great that they let you do that. Yeah. And was it all, were you always sort of drawn to the business or was it like, because I mean, yeah, you were surrounded by it as a kid, but you know, you could have still pursued other things if you chose to. I love movies always. Like that Mm -hmm. was always my great sort of love was watching movies over and over and over again and just, just VHS, just pirated sort of blockbuster just like a do you remember one of the first ones you saw that you were like holy shit that's that's a thing I loved Hook a lot I saw Hook maybe eight times in the theater I loved it so much and it it like kind of gave me chills and I loved that and I actually lied to people and told them I was going to be one of the Lost Boys I went to the premiere and all the Lost Boys were so cool. You and went to the like, premiere? I went to the premiere folk. it was incredible. My best friend Alex Schrager's wow. dad worked on it. And the kids, like Thud and the kids and the little kid who says, there you are, Peter. Like they had like all these Jordans on and they looked so cool. <laughs> they looked so cool. So the Lost Boys found themselves. And yeah. I remember just like hating myself so much that I just like lied at school and I was like, yeah, I was supposed to be one of the Lost Boys, but like, I couldn't work it out. <laughs> I wanted too much money. They yeah, couldn't yeah. pay me. They, they had to save some for that Robin guy. They couldn't make my deal. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie is incredibly influential. It's also such a, as far as like the imagination goes for a kid who, who you know, was a kid when that came out. It's like, right. and Tinkerbell was hot. Yeah. Well, sure. It was a really special movie for me. And um, I loved like um, sort of. I loved like old Steve Martin movies were really important to me. The Jerk, I watched at a really young age. Yes. Three Amigos, I loved. Mm-hmm. Written by Randy Newman, co-written by Randy Newman. Was it really? A lot of people don't know, yeah. Wow. And Lorne Michaels. And, and, and then, like, so when you have these love of movies, are, are you thinking that you're going to end up in front of the camera, behind the camera, or do you just know you wanted to be in that world somewhere? I, I'm genuinely a very bad actor, and I found that out very early because I would go, I would, you know, I was like, I could perform 
for people and make my friends laugh, but mm-hmm. any time a camera was on me, I would look directly in the lens and be incapable. <laughs> so you're really good at well. PSAs. <laughs> yeah, I cut my 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 roof was PSAs. I, you know, I couldn't. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm bad at. Acting. Did your dad ever try uh, to you know go dissuade me? Yeah, or do they just throw you a few tips and be like? I noticed you're looking in the camera a lot. No, because he was. I was. I was really doing plays. I went to like mm-hmm. a, a theater camp, and I was genuinely terrible. And I would be so upset I didn't get the good part. And then but you're I, like, I'm gonna take this part. And then I would be. And then I. I was bad. I'm genuinely bad at acting, and all I want is to be cast in something. All I want to do is be an actor because actually, I acted one of your things. You did, and, and you I, were fucking brilliant. But, but that's what you say because you know me, and you're not it's, true, Max. It's sweet. No, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, I've watched that. And it's genuinely bad. Like I, you're great, and Beck is great. Yeah. And I, I genuinely am a ba- I'm bad. I disagree. I know, and it's that's why I love you. And did I, we do 47 takes? Yeah, for two lines. But that's not the point, takes. Max. I'm talking about did you deliver on 48? I don't know anymore. You, <laughs> <laughs> that really, was amazing, by the way. This was a short, by the way. You should YouTube this. It was called one of the uh, second videos um, where I play a girl and Beck. I'm on a blind date with Beck Bennett. And uh, I go, Max, will you just walk by at the Starbucks and be an ex-boyfriend of mine that I fucked? And I go, we'll improv a little bit. And he walks by and he goes, uh, Amy? And I'm like, oh, my God, Max. Like, what's going on? And it's like weird for Beck because mm-hmm. he's, you know, just sure. very uh, trying to impress me a lot. And now there's this guy walking by and we're fl- I'm flirting with Max directly in front of Beck. <laughs> and then I go, uh, I go, how you been? And you go, Max goes, Amy, right? And I go, yeah. And, he, and <laughs> what do you I think you said, like, I fucked your tits once, didn't I? It's horrible. And I go, I go, yeah, yeah. And then you go, okay, cool, I'll see you. And then you just kind of walk off. I didn't write the line, though, did I? That was your no, writing. I'm, I'm pretty sure the, the brilliance behind that came from my brain. Yeah, it was great writing. I mean, I, <laughs> But I saw Beck recently, actually. and um, Out in New York? We talked about it. I saw him in L.A. first, and then I saw him in New York. We had a meeting about something, and uh, he was very... He's the best. I sent him to uh, get himself a gold chain at 14 carats, and I think he he walked himself or drove himself to 14 carats and got himself a gold chain. What? <laughs> yeah. Is there any particular reason you needed he you liked needed mine. to do that? Oh, wow. <laughs> he noticed mine and he liked mine. It's pretty and dope. Does yours have a mezuzah on the end no, of it? No. Okay. Right, purposely not. When did you stop wearing mezuzahs? I don't like to raise any sort of red flags for anyone. <laughs> What's a mezuzah? What's a mezuzah? Well, Brad. Um, I don't know what a mezuzah is. It's um it's a symbolism for Judaism that that the Jews put outside their door. Is that, yeah. is that an off- a scroll in it? Yeah. Is that an offset of Stussy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's like Stussy. Like, it was the guy's first company before <laughs> <What's> Stussy, <laughs> and then and then from from Stussy, it was two brothers, and they had um they had a great working relationship, and then one started dating. Someone that the other one liked, and then he went off and started Massimo. The other guy started Susie. And wow, the person who really benefited was the Gotcha Empire and wow. Fresh Jive. See, uh, and, and and you think you're not good at improv? That was good. I nope. never said I wasn't good at improv. Uh, also, he's just telling us. <laughs> I think I'm good at improv. Where does Hot Topic fall into that story? That was but that was after us. Right. That was. Um, taking girls to Santa Monica Place. I actually have a friend named Schmidt who won't admit this, but he had a uh, a steel, like a bracelet with steel pegs on it from oh Hot my Topic. God. Hey, as, as, as we a, all made choices. As a former employee of Hot Topic, wow. uh, I saw a lot of that. I feel like I, you know what? I'm feeling a lot of judgment from you right now. Did you have to wear the clothes? No, that that that, that was the best part. Is everyone else looked all weird with the gauges and the tattoos and the hair dye and the in the gothic and and I just walked into 
applied for a job and they're like, yeah, midget, that's pretty weird. And nary, <laughs> and nary a lip piercing? <laughs> no, no lip piercings, nothing. Uh, I mean, I just threw on a Ninja Turtle t-shirt, which I was wearing anyway, and then they're like, yeah, you're hired. Fuck. It, it, it was great. That is good. What, what, uh, girl, did you guys do, like, I know in high school it's popular, like, go to the malls, right? Yeah. Like we did. Did you guys go to the promenade a lot living out there? Like, where was your high school hanging? Yes, the promenade was a big deal, but a lot, up until, I, my parents were very strict, obviously, now you can understand for obvious reasons, and so I had parental supervision for a lot of it, and they would, they would walk behind me a certain, uh, a certain distance. Wait, so they go to the promenade with you? And walk behind me. <laughs> And so, and then my friends and I would like just literally just, just like trying to ditch him or like Penny Lane. No, because like they could find me. And my mom, at a very young age, had told mm-hmm. me that I, when I got my driver's license, had low jacked my car so she could always um, locate me. <laughs> That's a good move. I just noticed these coasters. Toasters, uh, baby. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> yeah, it's a gift. Now, but like, but like now that you, look, yeah, he's taking pictures. Now he's doing <laughs> the social media thing. <laughs> But like when Don't look directly into the camera <laughs> <laughs> Too late Wait so when when did you then Like what was the first Like home movie you made Cause obviously I was, I was making I made the same I'm with my friend Schmidt And my friend Matt Dines I made the same movie Every weekend On Friday We'd make it with a mini DV Sony camera And it was uh, A kid's parents Were out of town And was gonna have A crazy party And no one shows up for some reason, even though he invites everyone. The only person that shows up is a serial killer. And then the whole thing is, you know, we were using skateboards for dollies and we'd put, you know, Discman headphones on the speakers of the Sony camera and it, we, we, we sort of in-camera edited it. And um, we made the same movie every weekend. What? Well, what? You're trying to make it better every weekend, yeah. I guess. It's or was it like a 10-part like an... series? Was it like... <laughs> no, there was no deviation except... There, it, it actually is kind of like a Buddhist thing, like in a way. Like, we yeah, just, we wouldn't rewatch the other one. Like, it you wouldn't even go back and look at the no, we just kept going. It was actually very interesting. And then I made more stuff, um, but none of it was good. But I always knew that, um, I could write stuff, whether it was good or not. I knew that I could generate pages, right? And this is the thing, too, I think that, like, right, like, as a young filmmaker, and that they tell you, I don't know if they told you at USC Film School, but where you're just supposed to, like, just start making shit, right? right? And you think that's... I mean, now, after going through USC Film School, do you feel like you did... Maybe you should have just... I've heard some from some people who go to film school, and they're like, like, yeah, I learned some, like, other techniques, but, like, I probably could have just spent that four years also just continuing to make shit, but... Yeah, the, the problem with USC is that I wasn't... Um, I wasn't picked to make a thesis film. I was told... My friend David Gelb, who's, who's a great director who made Jiro Dreams of Sushi yeah. and Chef's Table, we... Where neither of us were picked to make feature, I mean, uh, movies with actual people, human beings speaking in it, because we had too many tardies. We would like get really high and go and eat sushi every day, and <laughs> it benefited for him, for but sure, not for me. <laughs> and we were told we had too many tardies, and only four people actually get chosen. Mm-hmm. And so I left USC with like a black and white short with no one speaking, like like a. Like a fucking was this the one that I was in? It wasn't even a talkie. No, I, that was not mine. That was that right. Was the DP that was Julian's. That, that was Julian's. Yeah. He was a great man. Yeah, and like so that was. That I didn't was, even. This is your leave, real. I your... didn't even. My real. I didn't even leave USC Film School, the best film school in the country, with a talkie. <laughs> like I didn't even have a talkie to my name, and so I was like, "This is crazy that I don't have a talkie." And we had a black and white like performance acting sort of like insane thing. Any with, subtitles? Like, 
no, you weren't allowed to have, or maybe you were allowed to have subtitles, but it was crazy. And so I left, and my friend, uh, who I write with a lot of the time, Matt Spicer, who's a great writer, yeah. um, and I were both like, dude, we left without a talkie. Like, what do we do? Like, no one's going to hire us. And we didn't want to get regular jobs, so we started writing because we felt like that would be the way to control our own destiny. So mm-hmm. we started, like, all my friends, you know, were traveling that summer, and Spicer and I, like, you know, did like an IV drip of Lexapro and just wrote. <laughs> how was that? You I like that leather jacket? Oh, thank you. I mean, you have no idea how hard it is to find an extra, extra small at Banana Republic. How do you do it? Uh, you ask a you ask a lot of questions. Some right. ja- some Jack Bauer type That's an extra, intimidation. Extra small? Yeah. Is it men's or women's? Uh, I mean, first of all, how dare you? Secondly, men. Well, I'm very small too. <laughs> I, I like I wear. Do you J. wear women's Crew. jackets? N- uh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. And I wear J Crew kids suits, which is a great. You know, hell yeah, uh, yeah. See, it's amazing. This is like tips for small people fashion right here. This is awesome. This is a whole separate podcast. You guys, could host. I've worn some of my mother's clothes before. Okay, our guest has been Max Winkler, <laughs> and we appreciate you stopping by. I know we said we go ninety. Uh, no, you did it on. <laughs> you say wait on purpose, or it was like Halloween? Like mom, can I? No, bo-? she has some great jackets. Hell yeah, great jackets. Yeah, really beautiful. You know jackets, but the and some of them the buttons are on the correct side. Yeah, I'll be honest. Sometimes I'll walk into like, you know, a J Crew or a, or a Beaver Pubs and think, oh shit, like is that for a man or a woman? I can't right. tell. Right. I I just go. <laughs> uh huh. See, you. See, I wasn't expecting any sort of follow up from you. I just wanted to. You guys can have those debates. I just walk in and say what fits, and then whatever yeah. they bring out, I go. All right. That's, there's got to be some some a lot of great comfort in knowing that that you just like there's. You're gonna wear what they have. Uh, uh, make shopping very quickly. Yeah, you know, I, I, I just go in. Where say, are your stores that you go to? Uh, uh, where are my stores? Where do you shop online? Yeah, I do a lot of that. I no one's made, cornered the the online dwarf clothing market. The online dwarf clothing market needs to happen. Come on, f- come on, five four. You're you're five four clothing. You're a sponsor of this podcast. Yeah. have a dwarf line. Why don't you do it? I should. You could do make it, so much money. Right? He's, he's actually right. Do you know how many dwarfs there are in in the United States? Uh, one in every thirty six thousand births, and then uh, yeah. So you do the whole division. Uh, I could figure that out, but roughly, yeah. is there a, over a million? Not not a million. No. Over 500,000? Yes. 500,000 people. Let's say that 300,000 of that 500,000 shop at your store and buy a $20 t-shirt, jacket, whatever. You, you've done it. Like, yeah. That's how we do it. Okay. And then, yeah, and then I could come you up with- You just found your director of marketing. There I'm you go. I'm very interested in, in, in an exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> when this whole show business thing doesn't work out. No, well, it's, I mean, it's just, it's like, I think that's a smart business plan. I like it. You know, I, 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 I came here to do an entertaining podcast, and we are doing that. Plus, I'm getting a retirement plan. This is awesome. It's not a bad idea. Well, yeah. you know, it's just like the NFL players. Like, you have to think post-career. Sure. You think you're going to be able to tell jokes forever? God, I hope so. Yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, you are really funny. Thank you, sir. And handsome. Well, hello. Trying. Max, I feel like you are uh, thoroughly responsible for me still doing stand-up. Tell me why. Okay, well, I'll tell you why. Because yeah. uh, when I met you at AAPI at USC... Okay, first of all, I met your father, Henry, uh, who was a, this was a great like setup to building a friendship with you because I hadn't met you yet because you were, it was father's son, or no, parents weekend. Right. And um, wait, maybe I had met you yet and this is the first time I met, maybe I hadn't met you. I don't think I had. Right. Anyway, he showed up and said, I have laundry for Max. Shock. And he goes, yeah. 
I'm here to drop off some clothes for my son, Max. And I go, oh, great. And he goes, are you in the fraternity? And I go, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm, I live right upstairs. He's like, not important. I, need, I have some clothes that I need to drop off for Max. And he goes, <clears throat> can I trust you? And I go, yeah, a thousand percent. And he goes, can I trust you? You're not going to do some crazy fraternity. You're not going to shit on his clothes? I swear to God. I go, what? He goes, isn't that what you frat guys do? You do weird. You, I go, I, Henry, you have my word. I will not shit on Max's clothes. Then when I deliver the clothes to you, and he found out I didn't shit on him, and I saw him again, like at another uh, fraternity function. Yeah. So pleased and impressed right. that I didn't shit on your clothes. What you didn't know is he came to he came to school that day in an ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when we first uh, met and had a uh, you know a strong comedy common bond, and I told you I was like dabbling in stand up. I might have even said I do stand up, which is what any young comic who's done it less Three than five times. Ti- yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, I done oh, it at oh, a couple comedian, couple frat parties, couple open mics. I'm like, oh yeah, man, yeah, yeah. There's you know, there's I'm definitely uh, I'm doing it. And we were, and I, I think I come back from London too, and was doing uh, jokes. And you were asking me, you were like, "What kind of, um, you know, uh, material are you going to do overseas?" And I would pitch you some jokes, but you know, it's you have to have when you're starting out friends that, first of all, support through laughing at your actual shit, but then also being straight with you about like, eh, you know, I like thought, that. I thought you were the funniest. <laughs> I truly do. I still do. But I, I, I remember being watching you do your stuff and truly knowing that you were going to continue to go do great stuff. Well, I appreciate You're that. You're so funny. And oh. a great basketball player. Thank you. You're like such a, uh, you jump so low. <laughs> <laughs> like I always remember like you were great at three-pointers, yeah. but your feet barely left the ground. Yeah. Is that accurate? That's <laughs> fucking, you could not be more spot but on with your, your an- shot analysis. shot was such a quick release. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> You were true. You were really a hell of a vampire. <laughs> I love this. No, but like I remember we did. I stand up at a, uh, at a one of our house parties, right? And I John well. Sadoff's band. This was like my first. By the way, I did thirty five minutes. Hadn't performed Insane. ever for longer than five minutes. Insane. And Sadoff's like, "Do you want to do time before?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll do like what 30. Were your impressions? Well, I remember I told this long story about Charlie Brown, in which I was acting on all the characters, right. and then the deaf teacher. Um, I don't remember that story. Well, it wasn't a memorable bit, Max. Uh, <laughs> well, you had a couple of imitations. You had a British guy that you did yep. think, with a wig. Oh, well, that's when I would come to the rush, uh, or no, the lineups. Right. All right, so... You, that was truly where you shine. That was when I like, really was for like, us, uh, dabbing in character work. For us non-fraternity people, uh, what's a lineup? A lineup, basically, the brothers of the fraternity, well, when you're rushing the fraternity, there are nights when you have to... Um, uh, line up against the wall mm-hmm. and the lights go off and all the brothers um, haze you more or less verbally I guess physically through the through shaving legs and maybe making you drink weird shit it really is bizarre and, so bizarre and so stupid <laughs> and insane and dangerous do you do you ever feel like you're in danger yeah <laughs> like driving to Las Vegas with no sleep and I like broke in to like the the Bellagio like Aquarium to steal a porcelain frog, and I didn't even like half of these guys. <laughs> I liked three guys, and yeah. no one liked that. They were always like, "He's so proud," <laughs> and I was just like, "I liked like Adam and the guys that I was doing it with." But like, I literally just remember like blackout looking at this these guys like screaming and spitting in my face, yeah. and being like, "Do you love this place?" And being like, "Not really, not really, <laughs> man. You just shaved my back. I don't yeah. even know your name." Yeah, the and then, so I would come into these lineups, and mm-hmm. this is why I think I maintain friendships with a lot of them. Is that I would come in, I dressed up as this like ex brother from Chino, you were so funny from dude. Chico, and I would fuck because everybody, the actual brothers, would come in and like like yell at Max and be like, 
Like what? Like who are the founding fathers? No. I don't like, fucking who cares? Dude, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> what? How fucking dude? How dare you? And then like make you drink something and then yell at you. And these are guys, by the way, who are actually taking it out on like they're. It's coming from a real place. And right? by the way, sure. These are also. This is a this is a pack of Jews. Like, <laughs> this is like like our one of our guys who was in our frat before was Paul Simon. Like it's not like it's not like you're not like like the John Wayne frat was across the street. Right. You know what I mean? Like no one is intimidating. Right. Like, no one. Kind of the half Jew guy. But like like <laughs> the, no one the half is, Jew guy. No one is calling the intimidator. No one is deserves respect. Like we right. are we are the bottom rung of men on the planet. Were you in like, was I, Joe Ginsburg in your class? No, he was below me. He got like he bled for this. Like, yeah, he really. I, well, I remember I, I can't. Yeah, just in my head, I, I when you said like it's a pack of Jews, I just, I just figure like a Woody Allen type character, just like okay, um, so do you uh do 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 you want to be in this fraternity? And you're like, eh, I'm good. I mean, yeah, and then like and then put on the like facade of of yelling at a bunch of right, right, people right. who are two years younger than you. So I would come in dressed as his like br- old ex brother with his wig, and and I would yell at these guys, but stupid shit. Like I took a deer head. I remember holding it up to Joe Ginsburg, and I go, and I was like, "How much do you love this fraternity?" <clears throat> and he was like, "I love it." And I go, "Say it sexier." He's like, "I love it." Like you know, stupid shit that they had yeah. to do. I got everybody chanting, "I want beefaroni one night," because you could. But stupid shit. I wasn't shaving them or making them drink. How dare you shit. say uh, chanting, "I love beefaroni" is bad. No, I mean, I, mean sh- I should have been doing that more. Yeah. So I held so, up a deer so head to Joe Ginsburg, and I held it in front of his face, and I said, who thinks they can have a staring contest with this deer head? <laughs> and I'll never forget, like, nobody stepped forward, and people were laughing, and, like, you know, every time the brothers would laugh, I'd be like, brothers, please, this is fucking serious. And then I held the deer head up, and I go, who's stepping up for your brothers? And Joe Ginsburg stepped forward with the most dead serious face I've ever seen and was like, I'll beat the deer. And I was like, oh, dude, this is like... Sounds like a euphemism for masturbation. Yeah, I mean... Well, and, it is. And, and he stood for... He that's, where the, the, that, that's where the phrase comes, deer to headlights, because right when you come, you're just like, huh? Nice. Right? Yeah. Not bad. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't open with it at a Shabbat dinner, but... Uh, what do you remember most about that experience that you... Just being like, why am I doing this? I don't like any of these people. Had you gone to college at USC with the mindset? Because it no. was... I fell into it. I was Me not... Too. Me too. I, I was the... like... I was like... It was like like a perfect... I was like a perfect sort of Charlie Manson victory. Like, I mean, uh, a victim. Like, um, I'd gone... I, I... All my friends went to New York. I went to USC not knowing anybody. I was like kind of cool in high school and... Had good taste in music and movies, I think, and immediately got to USC and, like, was wearing, God forbid, Converse and, like, immediately called a fag the first day I got, like, what? there, like, by the SAE guys would, like, wrestle in the oh, mini, in the, in the baby uh, swimming pool. Yeah, I remember, that's a good day. I remember one of them calling me, like, a, like a fag, I, like, something. They were crazy. Wait, so two guys wrestling together yes. in a kid's pool and go, you, like, ah, look at that fag over you, there. You Hold have, on, get down. I'm going to grab your no ass. no idea what these guys did. Like, these guys were gods. These guys now. These guys like I, I like. It's, I rarely check Facebook, and when I do, like the, there's these dudes who are just legends with just lined up deer heads, like just like killed <laughs> fifty five deer babies. That's beating the deer. <laughs> and um, these guys are animals. But so I was like, but I was like a perfect sort of cult person because yeah. my mom had just gotten sick. She's okay now. Good. Um, and I was just like, I went to go to the film school, and all my friends were in New York, and I had no friends. Jesus, I didn't realize how out of uh, 
your element. You I had no felt. idea, and I didn't know what doing a frat was. So like, you just thought, oh, I'm gonna make more and friends. All these guys, like Eddie Brocco, were being so nice to me, and I thought it was so weird. Like, because they didn't all, even know you. First of all, I don't like anyone who's overly nice to me because I immediately become <laughs> distrusting and don't know why they would ever be nice to me. Yeah, and they were so nice, and they were like, so what are you into? Like, what's up? Like. Um, you like the Dodgers? Like, let's go to a Dodger game. And I was like, this is so weird. And I didn't know the rules because, like, people from other fraternities were asking me to go to Dodger games. So I said yes. But, like, I, I didn't know that that was cheating. And I <laughs> and I didn't know that, like, you had to be engaged to someone when they were talking. Like, Paul Tenen? Was that his name? Great, yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul Emmer? No, Paul Emmer was kind of a god. Yeah, what, Paul, was the guy with the red. I think Paul Tennant, Yeah, yeah, like red, yeah. I didn't know that. Like, if I looked away from him, like that would ding me points. But I was like, I'm an eighteen year old kid in college. There's like girls with full plastic surgery walking down the street. That was like, new for me. Yeah, it was crazy. USC's a crazy DL, and maybe not anymore, but very conservative. Yeah, Orange mm-hmm. County, Newport, sort of like kind of Donald Trumpy kind of vibe. Yeah. Like, they, like I'm sure those dudes at SAE have Make America Great Again on their frat now. <laughs> Jesus, they I'm probably, sure. They probably do. And these dudes, you have, these guys were legends. They, every single one of them, board shorts, mm-hmm. rainbow sandals, and a fraternity event t-shirt. And they would ride their bikes to class. Oh, well, that absolutely and, is the and I was Orange just like, County, you, the Orange County uniform. And part of me thought, sure. like, oh my God, maybe I should be them. And I remember, I, I, I detest flip-flops. I think men should be fine for wearing flip-flops. <laughs> but again, it's this part of me that I guess back for the same kid that said he was that, that was a fucking lying cad I wore rainbow sandals to Spanish class one day and I felt mm. so exposed and horrible yeah but you, yeah you, well you, who made you, you feel that way come in and you myself see, for how yeah. could you wear sandals to try to appease to these guys but oh I you were doing it because you're like all right I, at I some point to I gotta in. do yeah yeah and who wears shorts that all like they wore shorts 365 days a year like mm-hmm. I guess the weather is conducive to that, yeah, but, but also these like, guys are animals. Like, yeah. There's something very dangerous about these guys. <laughs> these guys have have have. But the, so, what eventually got you? What eventually got you hooked to? You met a couple of nice dudes. I liked or? my. Fr- I met a guy named Simon who had a watch that I liked. Not that it was expensive or cool, but j- not that it was expensive or or like hip. But I remember he was wearing like an Ashton Kutcher mesh hat and he had like a watch that felt like oh this guy's kind of a human being yeah like, i'll try to make him my friend yeah. and he ended up becoming one of my best friends yeah and, and you know like fox We're talking about know. tickman yeah it was the oh, best yeah. adam fox had yep. like a you know looked like he was just fresh off the boat from tel aviv <laughs> <laughs> he had like just little jean shorts yeah. and stocks little had orange little, abercrombie hat every day and a little fucking high necklace hanging above his fucking jet black chest hair <laughs> And I was just like, I'll I'll make it work. And yeah. then these guys ended up, you know, are being my best buddies. Isn't it crazy that if they weren't there, like, who knows if you would have stuck with it, maybe? Who knows if I would have been, I certainly would have been in this room, because we wouldn't have known each other, but yeah. I could be dead. <laughs> like, you don't know, like, sliding doors. SA could have gotten the best of you, for sure. Yeah. Also, it's, um, you're, you definitely, it's so funny that people think that getting to college, like, the whole trying to fit in thing stops at, like, high school. It's right. like, college is almost like... A heightened version yeah. of trying to figure. I mean, I showing up being like, "Oh, the shoes that I like. I'm now I'm a fag." Because like, what? How does that converse? And just like to use hateful sort of <clears throat> language to to in public was so shocking. Like, I, I couldn't believe how free they were, and they were just these guys are gods. I remember I went back recently 
Um, cause I spoke in the Leonard Maltin class, awesome. which was a, a highlight for me, obviously, yeah. because mm-hmm. you know, that was the class that was the great, you looked forward to it. That Leonard class Maltin. was what they showed movies that weren't Before out yet. They came out and then somebody big like Spielberg, I think. Yeah. Came legends al- would come, you know what I mean? Like Curtis Hansen and Peter Berg and Jason Reitman, like great people. And, and now Max Winkler. Well, yeah. But so I, we ended up getting drunk after at the two nine, which was great. great. And I walked into, I walked into SAE pretending to be an undercover cop <laughs> And uh, like, Winkler's they, revenge. They were not. They were not afraid of me for one sec. Like if someone said undercover cop to me, even if I didn't do anything, right? You just start second guess yourself immediately. Yeah, it's like, like when a cop gets behind you on the highway. You're like, I, I'm, I'm doing something like wrong. Like you're fleeing the Cossack. Yeah, like you run. And these guys literally were like, "And uh, can we please see your credentials?" And I was just like, "These guys are, are assassins. Like these guys, these guys. I'm sure they've murdered." <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Those get yeah, I'm sure about it. <laughs> I mean, we had you know guys at our house whose dads were like running Kinkos and who was the, who was Kinkos? Eric Cusin. right? He was so <laughs> humble. You never would have known. No, wouldn't leave. You know his how room. I found out? Wouldn't leave his room. You know how I found out? Gambling. <laughs> he loved the sports. All gamble. he did was gamble. he would gamble a lot. I was but running there, a subway. He's like two to one. You're getting a tuna. I was like, all right, dude. He's very humble though. Yeah, great dude. But I remember, I was I was like, God, I, I need to make some copies. I go, does anybody know where I can go? He goes, go to my dad's place. I go. Huh? The little mom and pop shop on the corner. <laughs> Somebody goes, Kirsten said, and he goes. I was like, where am I? Wow. He, doesn't, he doesn't seem that humble anymore. Who the fuck says that shit? <laughs> he married a very beautiful girl, I think. Did he? Yeah. Or I always had a crush on his cousin, actually. I do remember her. Texan. <laughs> or him? No, she was a Texan. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Both of them look great. I mean, Eric's got a great body. <laughs> Long, you know, you know what? <laughs> Very long. <laughs> Big wingspan. Yeah, high jumper. Uh, Unlike you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for bringing that back. Uh, what I remember too is uh, at one point. Um, do you remember when? Because um, uh, you went to high school with Jonah, right? Yeah. Hill, and um, it was at one point you guys had developed a show for MTV. It was actually for the Fuse Network. For the Fuse Network. MTV rejected us. Mm-hmm. It was going to be called Max and Jonah's House. Yeah, we were going to the have sleepovers with people. It was kind of ahead of its time, and we had fun doing it. A thousand percent, it was ahead of its time. Yeah. It was like, um, but we interviewed people. We inter- our friends were in this band called Rooney, and so we interviewed them, and um, it was you know we had we had fun, and and you know there was like um, our friend Charlie McDowell, who's a great director too, helped us, and and it was um, going back to uh, yeah. you, going back to you being a bad kid. Uh, yeah. I read a I read some interview you gave that you and. Jonah Hill used to get kicked out of bar, uh, bar mitzvahs together? Yeah, we were bad boys together. <laughs> what? How do you get kicked out of a bar mitzvah? And now we're literally just the least fun. <laughs> uh, so do you reminisce about we, these uh, bad bar mitzvah days? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we just, it was, a tr- it was a troubling, I mean. Was, do you, like, knock over an ice sculpture? Like, no, like, we never would hurt, out? we would never hurt people. We, yeah. were, we were never bullies. Mm-hmm. We were just like, we just like to, like, burn shit. <laughs> Smoke weed? Yeah, I did a lot of that. I mean, that was a huge part of my high school experience. Yeah. Um, we would smoke weed, and um, one of the great things about my mom is that she frosted her mugs. And does that sound weird? I love that. Are you okay. kidding me? That didn't sound sexual, did it? No. Okay. <laughs> you gave me a weird look. <laughs> it was just frosted. a, oh, man, had, a th- had my third date with Angela, and guess what? She frosts her mugs. <laughs> what? She frosted, my, she frosted the mugs in the, in the home. put root beer in them. And we no, we put Diet Coke. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we would eat we would eat bagel bites and watch like Freaks and Geeks and the Larry Sanders show and stuff like that and be so high and um 
eat bagel bites and frosty diet coke. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> and uncool. The SAE guys weren't doing that. Like the <laughs> no, they, no, they were mainlining heroin. But you know, you, they were you, watching the sorrow and the pity, and <laughs> high fiving what their grandparents did. Uh, did you get to go to some pretty epic bar mitzvahs? Because I've been to a few LA ones from. Um, you know, like not every Jewish family comes from uh, wealth, but the ones that there are some special event bar you mitzvahs can, that you I can, you can say that every Jewish family comes from wealth. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> I'm just kidding. They uh, there's a lot, especially in L. A. I've yeah. been to some that were like. So I'm curious, like living out here and probably knowing a lot of Jews yes. and going to a lot of bar mitzvahs. You probably went to some pretty. There was a legend um, named Eric Kasdan. And he was the first to do everything. He was just a, a god. He could dance. He first to dunk, first to finger a chick. Everything. Yeah. He was a god. First to dunk and finger a chick he at the had same time. A, he actually was very short and not a great basketball player, mm. but fingered everyone. <laughs> everyone. So you were half right. And his bar mitzvah, uh, he, uh, the, the, the equation of whether equation, if you had a good bar mitzvah or not was if you could get these DJs to come their names were Kaz this guy's name was Kaz and he had a guy named Tex and a guy named Too Sweet and they would dance and they'd do choreographed dances and oh. they were the most they, they were gorgeous men and beautiful <laughs> girls like the fly girls from uh, In Living Color and Eric Kasdan I remember his I don't remember where it was but I remember he was dating this beautiful girl named Katrina Sarkeesian and they were fingering each other way before <laughs> Way before anybody, way before it was way trendy. Way before anything. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, he legendarily like was having sex before he. There was could always one. <laughs> I swear to God, before he like, even knew what that was. Full sex, and he came out. He had a choreographed dance with them. I forgot what song it was to. Maybe No Diggity because that was big. Yep. And he came out from the floor. He what? levitated from the floor with a white rose in his mouth. Gave it to Katrina and did a full choreographed dance incredibly well. I think he's actually literally a boxing promoter in Israel right now. <laughs> he was a legend. And he had a train at his house. What? Yeah. Like uh, at Disneyland, like... Kind of. Like, like it, it went through a tunnel, I remember. Holy shit. And that... Who is this kid? We died. You know, and they had, you know, that, that station where you could put your hand in wax. That yeah. That was very big. There was a surfboard that tried to kick you off. That was really big. Um, what, do you me- what do you remember thinking when he does this? Are you like, dude, you're learning it for the rest of us no, or I want to be you? I want to be him. I want to get I want to get fingered like that, <laughs> which is the debut of the name of your next album. Yeah, I wanted to be him. I I uh, I couldn't believe how cool he was. I, I'm not a very good dancer. He was so good at dancing. Like this looked like this looked like he practiced year, this. Oh my! Oh weeks. Now now now, now, now all for the girl. This is something as a uh, as a gentile. I'm not sure I understand so much. But yeah. was it like when you guys would have these bar mitzvahs? Was it very competitive with each other? Like it was a game of like, can you top this? And like, so so some guy would have a nice sculpture, and it's like, oh yeah, I got dolphins or maybe so, with something the, maybe like that. with the mothers. I, for I, sure, the I, mothers. There's like a party competition element. Right. I was never. I, I never was so so engaged. I was having a hard enough time. Um, but just actually get the Hebrew. through Hebrew school, yeah, it was yeah. very mm-hmm. hard for me. Yeah, the via hafta, dude, that took me I a while. I literally don't even know what that means. Yeah, neither do I, but I know it's something I read, and I remember my rabbi patting me, uh, patting me on the shoulder when I finished it. Right. <laughs> I remember he whispered in my ear, I didn't think you were going to make it through. Really? Like, oh, that seems like an <laughs> What was your rabbi's say. name? Uh, rabbi Hirsch. Mm. Short, he looked like the, um, you know the guy in The Simpsons, the, the short little guy with the glasses who's like, hey, fan, yeah, Mole man. Is that his name? 
Yes. Moment in the morning. Yeah, he looked like that guy. <laughs> Rabbi Hirsch. I we I had a really, you know, very legendary rabbi named Rabbi Rothblum. Wait a minute, is that like the rock and roll guy that I've heard of? No. no. Well, I don't know. There's a rabbi I heard of that's in like um in Brentwood that uh Well he was in LA. His name is Moshe Rothblum and he was like a very serious man. He was like a real, like venerated god. Yeah. And uh, I actually like thought he was wise. Like I, I liked what he had to say, even though I, I didn't connect so much to the religion always. Right. You consider yourself very uh, religious now? Uh, I just had my second bris, so I would say yes. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> second bris, that's dedication. Yeah. Um, some people, yeah, some people uh, renew their vows. What a bad joke. You get a reclip. No, that's... Um, I don't even get what it was. It wasn't even thought out. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I do or not. I think I like... Family, I mean, you go to high holidays, the fam, Sometimes the it makes family. my dad happy, so yeah. I'll go with him. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad really gets into it. He goes crazy at those things. He loves them. Oh, yeah. He just... What's his favorite holiday? Uh, he loves... Well, he's very social. And those high holiday services yeah. are like... It's like summer camp, you know, all over again. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And to see Henry Winkler at your high holidays is a very big deal. It's a big deal. People lose their mind. That's his, that's like, you know, one direction. I mean, that's his, that's (laughs) his demographic. For sure. Yeah, that's, they, they love it. And you you actually had to, you, or not, you got to uh, direct him in a short film. In a short film, yeah. Yeah, him and uh, Jeffrey Tambor, right? Yeah. Is that, like, is that intimidating when you're directing your dad? No. No, he's so un- intimidating. Like, mm-hmm. like, like Adam is saying, it would be impossible for him to intimidate anyone. Mm-hmm. He is. It was literally like having the Easter Bunny for a father. <laughs> it was, well, you used to tell me he used to videotape the rain. Yeah, he would videotape the rain. He gave the dogs middle names. Like he, <laughs> he's a true maniac. <laughs> I mean, and so, just, yeah. so no, not intimidating. Also, you grew up with him as dad, and not. Yeah, but I mean, are you aware ever like, um, you know, his stature and um, uh, you know, uh, reputation and all that? Totally, and and I respect it, and I and I am, you know, totally proud of what he's done, and it's crazy. But mm-hmm. it, it, when you know him as a person, that's what is the true sign that he's such a great actor is how unlike that particular character he actually sure. is. Like when you did the show with him, he was like, "Yeah, like I'm your actor in this." Like. I mean, we were doing very illegal things. We were unpermitted and shooting in Central Park. You got some amazing shots. It, it was truly like the Fitzcarraldo or Hearts of Darkness of, of short filmmaking. I mean, it was, it was so stupid. We basically got it because we David Gelb and I co-directed it, and yeah. we didn't get um, we didn't get picked to make um, a thesis film. And so we ended up writing. We took something we wrote in playwriting class, which was basically nonsense about a kid who's having a nervous breakdown and goes to live in Central Park and his parents and his therapist go get him. And Beautifully acted by Armin Weitzman. Great, brilliant actor. Yeah. And we literally got a grant from Panavision. We're like, amazing. We're like, okay, great. We're going to use all this money and ship everything to New York and shoot in New York, which is insane. And mm-hmm. we lost all of our money. And then we basically, with no idea what we were doing... Um, we shot illegally and were like people were arrested and yeah there, it, there was one night where we climbed the belvedere castle and there was like a, a guy like an like a literally a guy with an axe running through central park oh, like geez. coming right towards us and they yeah. were like we need to go i was like not until we get this tag <laughs> and i remember my dad like the scene was like kind of a my dad like really brought it one yeah. day and started crying yeah. like hysterically on camera and 
Um, and he's looking right into the camera, a la Max, just yeah, to pay homage. It was very, no. uh, it was very like. So he's he's bringing it. He and, brought it, and the camera like didn't work. And there was like someone, like our producer was like an NYU kid, and we were USC kids, and there was like <sighs> beef, and like he was like, "We need to go. There's a man with an axe." I was like, "Not until we get my dad." <laughs> you one more. see how you see him, what and, he's doing, and. Uh, Needless to say, it was like a thirty-minute short that is insane to make a thirty-minute short, and I like I literally thought that at the time that it was going to be the first short film ever released theatrically. Like, <laughs> you have to be, you have to have well, that delusion. Yeah, though. yeah, you have so much confidence. And when you say film illegally, uh, I, I watched a little bit of it, and like, yeah, there's scenes where your kid is up in a statue. Like yeah, it was all illegal. Yeah, like that. Like you weren't doing permits. Like you climbed up the statue and just said, "Fuck it, let's go." Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the confidence of youth, <laughs> and and that and that I same, per- and that I, same permit every, I permit everything right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but- permitted my parking spot. <laughs> But it's like that same confidence. Then once it was done, that ma- that makes you go, "Well, it's totally gonna go." In yeah, the, in, in, in and also years. just a false sense of of deity, god like perception that you have <laughs> when you're high all the time and in film school and watching Darren Aronofsky movies. Do you think well, that's another thing too that young filmmakers need to have, like that gorilla mentality of just like we got to get it done? I think it's the best way to get anything done. Like I, I think settling is probably where things are. You go back and you kind of wish you just, mm-hmm. but you you got to be safe, obviously, and not and not crazy. But I, I've always. You know, I've always, I think, benefited from probably, you know, trying to get everything you can out yeah. of a location or a moment. Or now, what did you learn from the short that you had me in with Julian that you brought to King of Central Park? I. And by the way, let's talk about that real quick because that, that was incredible. Very that was, dark. That was, very dark. My first your wife. In m- that. My first like real act. Like you know, I'd done a few other things, but like this was you know a legit film school pro- where we shot like I don't know four or five weekends. There was a whole story. You were great, and it was a three ten, which is one of those black and white short films. And I was the DP of that, and yeah. Julian Mayohas, who uh, had a very dark sensibility. Uh, I was like in a hospital bed. Was like, a, you were in like a sleep center, and uh, you end up killing your wife. Yeah. Um, and I was, shot it, and I there was one great sort of like I I'd just seen children and men, so there was like I was like obsessed with like no coverage and doing everything in long takes. And we did yeah. one take through that back. I remember we shot at my friend's house and they were very upset. We really messed things up. <laughs> but um, you were great and you were also great. I did a, a scene. I was in this class where you have to take scenes that have already been made and Bottle reenact rocket. them. Yes, mm-hmm. and Eternal Sunshine. The Eternal Sunshine one with uh, Casey. And you were great in the Eternal Sunshine one. That was awesome. The Bottle Rocket one, I shot badly because they all had to be one take. Right. And I, I did that bad, so you suffered. But Eternal Sunshine... I got like a great guy to shoot it, and you were so good in it. It's so much easier to do drama. Like it, how, now, how often? Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask you because you've done comedies, you've done dramas, and you say it's it's way easier to. Well, not for do me. Comedies, for, I think or, it's like, easier dramas? to do dramas. Yeah, but but for an actor, I think especially if you're naturally funny, I think. That, yeah. You know, because a lot of people who are funny, there's other stuff going on. Usually, some sure as you know, the demons are right there <laughs> on your shoulder, and so yeah. for you know if, if the Adam was saying lines written by like one of the great screenwriters alive, Charlie Kaufman. So like, you need to say you need to do very little if there's you know a life going on in mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and because I mean, and then you've done big time comedies like you did a couple episodes of uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and uh, and uh, New Girl. Sure, is that like now when you came to both those shows, they were all sort of they were already kind of gelled as a cast, yeah, right? Yeah, that's a very yeah. like very lucky job to have is to be a TV. 
to do that job is right because they're finally you know Liz Merriweather is my friend who does New Girl and hmm. at the time I think I'd done more episodes of those than anyone and we did so many and she knows exactly what she wants and, and you're just there to yeah and 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 those and those cast members they know kind of are yeah they're great they, yeah they all know and Brooklyn Nine Nine I, I was friends with Andy before and everyone knows what they're doing but you're not there too like and I will repeat uh, uh, advice your father gave me when I did my first uh, TV job ever when I booked a guest star on According to Jim in 2007 drink five if I you're playing that, that does Adam bring up his uh, first credit <laughs> I remember credit. that were you pizza guy water water delivery guy water guy I remember <laughs> it well I, we watched it I did watched you? it yeah I was proud of love you love you um, but I called uh, Henry and I was like, you know, for, obviously you know something about uh, uh, multicams. I was like, any advice? And he left me his voicemail. I wish I had it saved because it was, again, just quintessential, sweet, supportive, funny, cut off abruptly where he was like, Adam, this is Henry. He goes, congrats on the job. I'm literally pulling into the CBS lot, by the way, after the security guard found three puppets in my trunk and was like, you single? And I was like, this is exactly what I need before my tape day. And so I'm pulling in. And he goes, uh, this is Henry. He goes, uh, congrats on the job. He goes, you're going to be great. He goes, they hired Adam Ray because they love Adam Ray. Don't be there to fill space. Treat Mr. Belushi like an emperor. If you think of something funny, say it, suggest it, bring it. All the best. So find myself in a moment where they're rewriting lines on the fly as they do in sitcoms. And I'm standing on the outskirts and they're all like producers, writers, Belushi. They're like, what about this? What about this? And I think of something and I go... And I hear Henry's voice go, say it. <laughs> and I literally jump oh, in no. and I go, I go, or, or I could say this. And everybody oh looks at me and goes, you animal. What the fuck? Wait. What hey, man. Was, do you remember what it, you said? Dude, it was like, it was for my last line. And it was like, because uh, Jim Belushi like comes out and remember he sees flowers or so, he, he sees flowers and he like breaks them. Oh, somebody get. I don't remember. Some, cl- some classic Jim. It wasn't good. Some classic Jim Belushi. <laughs> some classic Jim Belushi. <laughs> some classic Belushi business. And sure. uh, I the said something. we all know. And- <laughs> <laughs> My mom used to tell people, she's like, Adam's on the John Belushi show. Yeah. The life that Jim does. Well, that's not the, that's not the show at all, Mom. <laughs> but like, yeah. so the same way you, ha- you have that kind of confidence, does that help you when you're a 27 year old directing your first sort of major motion picture uh not you know it's depending uh, on the major yeah. um major, yeah I, major I, for yeah. us We've how do you go from directing adam ray to uma thurman i think is what he's trying to ask yeah i don't know it's just <laughs> writing you gotta write the shit you gotta write it you know what i mean like writing that, your own stuff cer- yeah, certainly so does much, help yeah, writing is so much harder writing mm-hmm. is the worst it's so what's your process hard. like every like true banker's hours start at 10 end at Five. Mm-hmm. You have to take breaks, right, to let your brain rest. Yeah, I mean, it depends. You, know, I write with. You know, it depends. It's so hard. It's never. I don't. Like, I've never been one of those people that like. I just sat down and like yeah. it came out. Like I like my first draft is literally like hieroglyphics. Like <laughs> so, you don't try to edit yourself. You just no. Yeah, it depends on who I'm writing with, but um, I I don't know how people. I have so much respect for writers now because sure, uh, back when before we had. DVRs, you, you'd say, all right, I'm, I'm going to write from nine to three, and the only the only TV I'm going to miss is like daytime talk shows. All right, I'm good. But now it's like there's so many outside distractions between the phone and all the available entertainment content. I don't. I, I have so much respect for people that so can yeah, that, that can just sit down and have the discipline to write. That. It feels a little dark. Like I, I would feel a little dark watching like 
Peaky Blinders at like 3 p.m. on a Monday. Like, <laughs> the, the, the binge watching's never been what's called. I, mean, I feel like like it, it, what's hard is just it just sucks and it's tiring and then you're complaining all the time and everyone's like, oh, it's so hard. Like you're writing. Like I'm like, no, it sucks. Obviously, like I'm like half a man and like I don't use my hands to like lift rocks. Like and I feel insecure about the way I look. But like it is tiring and it like tires some part of your brain. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. And, and it's hard because well, you're thinking about. I mean, how many things are you thinking about when you first sit down? You have like an initial idea, like for ceremony. Like what? What is the? Like what do you think of first? And how are you thinking of characters, know, dialogue? Sometimes I mean, you like a character first. Sometimes you fall in love with a scene first. You know what I mean? Sometimes, sometimes you're the motiv- title. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's like so hard. It's always different and weird. Like I've never. All I know is that if I I can't like wait till I get inspired, so I always just treat it like a day job. So I. So you just start writing, and then hopefully, like, yeah. Well, I'll know what I'm going to write like yeah. before. Like, we'll have an idea, or you know, sometimes like, you know, we'll we'll have a have a you know, we'll have to write something for a deadline because of some job that we have. But um, and how helpful is that to have like somebody to bounce off of? Great. Yeah, writing by yourself is is truly like I I wouldn't worship it on I I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't force it on anyone. Yeah. It's really bleak and you used to sad. though, right? What did I do? Write by yourself. Well, I wrote the ceremony by myself, but I had friend. I had you know these guys that I could send it to, and and you know the, these the next movies that I'm gonna make, I didn't write by myself, and I really respect that. Ceremony is about a younger guy who yeah. uh, tries to stop the wedding of his ex girl, who sort is, of yeah, who is who is older. Was that drawn on any personal experiences or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, I was genuinely sort of like in love with this woman who was married mm-hmm. and like she was the best and and i i genuinely wanted her to not be married anymore <laughs> it's such a great story and like uh, uncomfortably relatable i think to a lot of people yeah i think it's like about like i think what it was about is like that age i made it when i was so young and i i think i was like right after that period where like everyone reads these books and it's like oh my god like like i'm zooey glass like that's who i am like i'm amory blaine like you read these books and you're like oh my god like that J.D. Salinger was talking to me mm-hmm. and then and and then you go to the promenade and everyone's walking around with that same book and you're like oh right like I'm a fraud like I'm like literally everyone <laughs> has felt these things before like like we're all just well I mean it's animals a, yeah I mean it's <laughs> wearing the universal clothes. experience like we're, we're yeah, literally yeah. like bears wearing clothes yeah <laughs> like I don't know I, w- I wasn't at the, going to the promenade a lot at that time I don't know why I said it <laughs> But like, um, but like when you're when you're 27, you're years old, and you're saying and you're saying action for the first time, and you're and you're looking at all these people surrounding you on a, on a set. Is that intimidating at all? That you're essentially in charge of all this? No, no. Actually, it's you just hire the right people, and, mm-hmm. and there's such smart people out there that are you no know, that you're just smart about it, and, and you know what you wanted. So yeah, I think that's the only thing is just to know what you want, and I think sort of people will. Well, we'll go and but that does happen on sets right where there's can be conflict of interest with people that are hired that are like all right cool man like i know you see it that way but like like directors writers i hear uh, yeah that can be yeah totally it's it's there it's a bizarre minefield of personalities and really talented human beings and like what if the director of hook and the like saw that whole imagine the food scene he was like I mean, I want them to like believe the food being there, but it's not actually going to show up later. We're going to have a guy fly down. Like Tinkerbell will find, she'll yeah. meet some guy, and, and he'll he'll be the one who brings all the the feast. 
That would have been a completely different movie. You, you think Thud said, and actually, Steven, I have an idea. <laughs> hold, everyone, hold on for a second. Uh, Thud, come here, son. Uh, <laughs> wait a second. What's that? You, you think the food should be neon colors of whipped cream and that it should actually... Guys, we're going to go with something different. <laughs> that shit was unbelievable, by the way. It's a great movie. I'm trying to think of the other ones I used to watch. I mean, I guess I said it. But... Do you think people ever, uh, they'll fight Spielberg on anything? Do you think you get to a certain status uh, directing-wise that you've observed or that you... No, uh, I think it's always hard. It's got to be collaborative I always? I think it's always hard. I think that's why even like the directors who are at the highest point of the mountain are always, I think, for the most part normal and hardworking because it's just always hard like it's just like the, you know Stanley Kubrick always said this great line that I'm obsessed with he always said the hardest part of directing is getting out of the van in the morning like I don't know anyone who like has to direct and is like this is easy or this is fun or this like it is there's so much anxiety into pretending like you know what you're doing <sighs> and so much of it is just like how can and no one knows all of those answers right. you know what I mean right. and everyone thinks that what they're what the, their question is the most important question in the world, which to them it is at that moment, whether it's makeup, hair, wardrobe, special effects, and trying to, like someone said, like try to limit your question intake on a day and try to just say, like, I'll get back to you later rather than making sort of a rash decision just to get through the conversation. Mm-hmm. It was pretty smart, I thought. Yeah. And, and are, like, when you're sitting in that director's chair, do, do people bring you questions like, all right, oh, what, what, the props guy has like four different glasses for this dinner scene like which one oh oh, yeah yeah and like you have to decide that which is strange do you just say fuck it that no i I, i'm i I always kind of have an idea especially if you've written it that's why i always like writing the stuff that i direct because you really do know the majority of it Mm -hmm. whereas it's always easier to know everything when you're going into it i mean did you have any did you have any moments on set where sort of a established actor or crew member came came to you with a suggestion and you had to kind of fight them and say actually no I really think it would be it would be better that be better my way I'll take if anyone's mm-hmm. got a good idea I'll take it from anybody like, sure we're all just trying to make it through <laughs> um, so no mm-hmm. I mean if I think if I think sometimes you know like sometimes you know if you're doing a comedy or something people like to come and pitch jokes and Sometimes jokes are great, and you take them, and sometimes they're not. And you're like, "That's great, that's great." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me try to figure that out, and you sort of shuffle away. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm always amazed that any comedy movie is good because of all the other variables that have to go there besides just the writing and performance. Uh, like stand up to me, like people say, ah, oh, stand stand up's hard. I'm like, no, making a comedy movie is hard. Stand up, it's just a microphone and you, and you're having a conversation with the audience. Like when you're making a movie, you have to know which perspective, like which camera angle is going to be the funniest camera angle. When the take and the timing and how you're making it, you're constantly stop and go. So uh, I'm I'm always amazed that any comedy movie. It's gets crazy made. that anything is good. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it really I don't is. understand it. Like when I see something that was good, like I saw that Cloverfield movie the other day, and I was. Just just like, holy shit, this is just good. Like, it's just yeah. good. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it was just good. And I just couldn't believe it. It was like a rarity. I felt like I was like in like, I feel like I was in like 2001, like staring at the obelisk. Like, I was just like, what <laughs> the fuck? Like, it's a, it's so good. Yeah. It's like anything good is crazy. Why is that? Is it just because we're oversaturated know. with content that it's like there's so much, there's more lo- bad than good? There's not a lot of movies that get made now mm-hmm. that are not like tiny sort of movies. You know what I mean? Unless it's a big movie, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just as weird. Like, 
there this this sort of genre of movie which is sort of like the middle budget range movie is sort of disappearing a little bit sure and it's like your art house film art, art art house films or it's the sequel slash superhero slash whatever movie that the studios are making right and art house movies now money. are it used to be like when i made ceremony art house movies cost three million dollars three million dollars that movie's now like a dinosaur now uh-huh. and like you can make movies for under a million dollars sure or you can make like pre-sale movies that you sell in bulgaria with like you know certain people that sell really well in bulgaria and you can get like eight million dollars for those but those don't really come out here mm-hmm. or you can you know there's a there's a huge sort of reinsurgence of sort of my contemporaries and stuff who are are um you know doing like big sort of reboots or superheroes and mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel like about that? that i don't I would really you do have an, would i don't you? really have an opinion on it yeah i don't know i i don't i don't know i don't know if i would do it if i guess if i loved a, a character i'd be into it yeah but um, or if there's an actor maybe that you want to work with because there's probably I feel like right all directors that have like a, like I want to like for me acting wise I'd love to act, act with Tom Hanks I'd love right. to act with Danny Glover I'd right. love to act with Rick Moranis and Danny Glover right at the same time <laughs> yeah I can't imagine any of those guys doing one of these like, I, I can't I can't imagine like if Philip Seymour Hoffman was alive that he would be like I'm, I want to work with Danny the, Glover I'm do the Flash <laughs> no I'm saying oh, yeah. like for me like Got, my, oh that's like, your guy. Like, I just he was I'm obsessed with him. I, I've Me too. Watching a lot of his stuff and what yep. I, that was so amazing about uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like there was I think I think this is something that one of my friends are starting acting, which I try to always tell them is there was no part that was too small for him. Yep. He had three lines and you remembered him every single time. He never phoned it in once. He was yeah. just as brilliant in Along Came Polly as he was in Savages. Exactly. You're right. Just yeah. as brilliant. Yeah. And look at his character in like. Boogie Nights. That character well, could have been the best. easily forgotten. But think about think about Sen of a Woman. Think about <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. Like everything he did, and I I just I well, what was that political one with uh, uh, um, Clooney and um, the it, with the original title was Farragut North, and then it was called Ides of March. Yeah, he's good uh, in everything. He's never been bad. I've never mm-hmm. seen him phone in once in my life. He's, so he would have been at the top of the list. Yeah, I love him. I love mm-hmm. James Gandolfini. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. So, ba- so basically, if you die, you're on Max Winkler's yeah. dream, dream list. Yeah, you get right up there. <laughs> you jump. What uh, about uh, what about in the lady department? Favorite actresses? Yeah, I think Kristen Wiig is is a genius. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm obsessed. I'm I'm obsessed with Kate Blanchett. Dude, me too. I have like a real serious crush, crush. on her. Yeah, after finding Neverland, I was like, boy, I hope she frosts her mugs because. <laughs> Everybody knows Kate Frost or Mugs. Is that extra reported? It's old Aussie lore. Uh, Can you imagine Mario Lopez on extra? Like, extra, extra, extra. extra. Does Kate Blanchett frost her mugs? Our our rumor patrol is on it. This rumor is true. She does frost her mugs. I'd love to work with Mario. Who wouldn't? You, Come said that, on. you said that like I have a hand in that. Uh, I just, I wish I'd I love, uh, I'd love to finally see what, see what he's all about. <laughs> <laughs> what said, said nobody ever. Would you? <laughs> I'd love, so, I'd love someone to hand me the keys to Mar- the Mario Mobile and just. <laughs> oh God! I, I <laughs> take it for a spin. I hope that's what he says to a girl right as he lets her into his car. Like, you ready to take a ride in the Mario Mobile? And then oh, he turns on God. Billy Ocean's "Get Out of My Dreams," <laughs> get into my car. What say by the Bell cast member though? Would you direct first if given the option? Oh, tough question. It, is is Screech doing a uh, he's out adult he, film? He's out on bail. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's an option. 
But mean, keep in mind, you also have Dennis Haskins, but you also have the guy who played his brother, who who was going to take everyone on the uh, river rafting trip. You also have Ed Alonso, who was the Max. Yeah. Right. I liked... Um, You've got every wow. character you disposed of. What was her name? Kelly? Kelly Capacity? Tiffany no, Amber Thiessen? No. Jesse. Yeah. No. I mean, Elizabeth Berkley, we just wrote a scene with Elizabeth Berkley scene. Uh, Elizabeth Berkley in the movie Showgirls. It's phenomenal. Has sex in a pool in a way that I've never <laughs> seen in all of my... Not even your boy Kasdan did it. Any, not even, well, actually, literally, <laughs> maybe Eric Kasdan. I've never seen anyone have sex in my life the way Elizabeth Berkley and Kyle McLaughlin have sex in a pool. It is almost, I forget. What is, what, what is it? What, so watch it. it. She, she, it. She's flopping around like a, like, like, okay, if a dead fish was doing, ball, was, was doing ballet, like, she's like flopping around, but it's like artful. It's unbelievable. It's awesome. It's sexy. It's a great, yes. I w- it's one of the best scenes ever. I can't remember. I, I always had, it's right I up always, there with Phoebe Cates and Fast Times at Ridgemont oh, High. I always felt distance from it because it felt more like she was having a seizure. <laughs> you couldn't get turned it was on almost by if, if, So you weren't getting a boner. Was, you're like, bite down on something, Elizabeth, please. It was like an epileptic <laughs> dolphin. <laughs> I, hear, I hear they're playing Coachella next year. <laughs> she was great. Epileptic dolphins, awesome. They're great. They're, right. they're, they're solid. Old, they're old stuff. Not oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows you don't go. Um, when they open for Hootie. Uh, <laughs> I loved Hootie. Fifth grade was a magical year for music. <laughs> it really was. Who was your? Who was the first band that made Max go, well, that seems like a fun... Uh... Nirvana. I was obsessed with Nirvana. No shit. Obsessed. And mm-hmm. I was obs- I, at a very young age, I think the first single I bought was... Uh, uh, losing my religion by <laughs> REM. Yeah, I bought a cassette single of that, and I think Sir Mix a lot for sure. And it was you know karaoke classics. That was, it was what a, a, time. What a great but time. From- the Blowfish was great, and their music videos were very innovative. They were. Dan Marino appeared in them. Come on, they were very. Uh, they were very early on the South Carolina Gamecock uh, <laughs> trend. Do you remember that they were like obsessed with South Carolina? Oh Gamecocks. yeah. I actually have seen something in this apartment that has totally shifted my... What did you see? What's that? Okay. I can't wait for this. And of all the things in this apartment... Oh, my God. What is he getting? That you must have been a part... I've, I've, right now, I found the Shortcrest High School Adam Ray varsity basketball most inspirational, which makes me think your basketball team must have been really good because what this tells me is that you were garbage. <laughs> Because um, I used to get most inspirational. Yeah, and so did I. <laughs> well, let me let me tell you where I got that on. And now I think that you played with like the greats. <laughs> let me tell you where that award comes from. And I'm glad that you picked that up. And I'm glad you that have you have the most inspirational trophy. Because I thought you were terrific. Yeah, they should give that to somebody like Brad. So what? <laughs> how dare you? Uh, no, here's why I got that award. Mm-hmm. Um, sixth grade, probably Pete. Right, tall right. kid. Uh, played the post, had a great three-point shot. Get to uh, JV, playing a lot, right? right. So um, 20 points a game, a lot of threes. Uh, I'm an active member of the team. Right. Varsity, uh, this was my junior year. So the seniors, they had a, a, t- a tight squad. So there were right. a lot of guys playing. So I went in for um, hustle minutes. Right. Because the guys uh, who were in my position, there were two twins uh, who were Indian, and they shot the three a little bit better than I did. What were and their they names? were Amit Nakash. That was was that first or was that one, their first names? Was yeah, that one name or two. Amit and Akash Narayan. Oh, and, and they Akash. ripped it Are up. Are you Facebook friends with them? I'm, I'm real friends with them. <laughs> really? Yeah, there went to uh, both their weddings. Real friends is below Facebook friends, though. <laughs> <laughs> it goes real friends and God, Facebook. It's so sad. It is right. <laughs> yeah. Where does MySpace friend uh, sit on that list? The bat, the closest. Yeah. yeah. 
Because yeah. yeah, because if you're still because you can put them in the top. Facebook doesn't have the top eight or top forty. Yeah, closest. And then if you're LinkedIn, you're basically married. <laughs> <laughs> I got a LinkedIn request a couple of days ago. From who? Do you really want to say on this podcast? Yeah. Your buddy Kazdin. Oh. Huh. He. I mean, it would be in. in that would be a treat. That's the one request from LinkedIn I would actually. He accept. was. A god. <laughs> he probably had his own social networking site. No, this was pre-social network. I mean, this was eighth grade. For grade. sure, but he I'm saying he like, had it figured out. Yeah, if he, you said he came before he knew what coming was. He had sex before he could ejaculate. <laughs> like, Dude. how do you do that? Like, he was fucking in sixth grade. I think. Beautiful girls and had the perfect. How much part, older were the girls? Perfect middle part hair. Like just like <laughs> down to, do. to his chin. I think we when need, you I have need to an see photos of this guy. Yeah, when you have when you have an obituary, that's what you put on there. Was coming before I could ejaculate. Well, not after I have my most inspirational plaque <laughs> held above. So anyway, so I was I came in for hustle minutes because there was limited time for me right. on this roster. So coach put me in for rebounds, for hustle, for D, and the occasional three. But guess what? We had so many other shooters that when I shot, he screamed so hard at me. Right, and then I got hard, Quinn Stanley, and then I oh, was he like, loved you for your D. <laughs> he did. I was slow clap that. I was slow clap that. That was pretty good. Right into it. Uh, but yeah, so that's. So did you not get an award for senior year? No, I did. What was that? For? Offensive. Uh, oh, great. Okay, so okay. yeah. Okay, I'm just just checking. Because then I had I, I I was you know starting on that team. This one it was like off the bench. Right. When I was lucky to get PT because there were so were many. Were you guys good? We were great our senior year. Um, this year we were, uh, you know. The coach. The it's coach. It's hard to put it all together sometimes. Sometimes you practice well and the game time comes. For sure. It's just, well, that's, that's what a, a very big trophy. But that says 2013. Well, that's a third place comedy basketball rec league trophy right, that somebody was going to break. But and the seal of Los Angeles is on there. <laughs> what? Look at the seal. Well, I, I, I didn't know that you still had your high school trophies, Adam. That's awesome. Uh, well, I took that. It's next to my USC um, uh, school theater one. And I took them out of my room because I was like, I need to. Um, put these somewhere and then I what I'll do sometimes is I'll take stuff out of my room and I'll set it somewhere and I'll go I'll get to that later right but conveniently I did put them in the corner next to the guitar <laughs> so if if you were a chick hopefully that would that would be the corner that would put it all together <laughs> oh what's this a guitar do you play oh what's this most inspirational <laughs> oh what's this a college degree I see I, I, I think I think you put the most um, inspirational trophy by the guitar and that's your closer for sure, right not, there. Not if they know what most inspirational players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, not if they went to yeah. my high school. Because did you get any uh, awards? I would get most inspirational. Yeah, or the coaches award. <laughs> yeah, now that does say. So you were on a team of. I, my soccer team was very good. That was, was your some, sport. There were some real players. Yeah. Anybody go pro? No, we had this one kid who was kind of the ringer named Trini. Who was incredible, uh, but he was like a sort of like an athlete for hire, kind of like he was like he never talked to any of us, and like he would score the most insane goals and never talk to us on the bus. <laughs> and then I remember we lost to Malibu High School in the finale in the semifinals for state or CIF or whatever it was, and I he, Trini was eaten up over it. He was hysterically crying and hugging us all, and it <laughs> was so weird. First time you saw emotion from Trini. First time I saw eye contact from Trini. <laughs> He was so beat up about that. Sports uh, kills me. Can make us or ruin us. Still, are you glad you don't play anymore? I mean, I would. I would rather be a professional sports player than what I do. Are you pumped? The Rams are coming here. Yeah, I think I'm going to like them. I hope they go back to their old colors, though. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, just the 
yellow and bright blue. Yeah, I like and not that. Like that. And not like that gold. Like I like that. Hey, as long as they keep the song they had in the 80s, which was uh, Ram It. Right, uh, I know that. Oh yeah, what they have, and there, there was a, there, there was a time in the '80s when if you were a good professional uh, sports team, you had to have a music video. Right. The uh, the the uh, Bears had the Super Bowl Shuffle, and the Rams had Ram It. What? Where are you from? I'm I'm from Orange County. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Sunny Hills High School. No way. So yeah, I was a I, I was a Lancer, and uh, which is <laughs> yes, you were. which sounds like a gay slang. You like, still are. Oh, oh, he's a Lancer. Yeah, like he's that just sounds Lance something. Too. <laughs> he's one of Lance's. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's worse things to be, my friend. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing wrong with being a Lancer. Being <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm very proud. Who can I ask you guys a question? Yeah, what, like, who do you think is listening to this? Like, what's your what's your base big, like? I got a big uh, viewership, man. But so, what's the, is it viewership or aud- auditory ship? Um, p- probably what you said. Viewers, I mean, so what's the vibe like? What, like, who are we talking to right now? Well, we've um, a lot of comedy fans, right. a lot of young comics, Great. a lot of people who. I mean, I think with each guest, we we pick up new. You know, uh, when Melissa McCarthy came on, we picked up some MC fans. The best um, is she the best? The coolest. I love her. She's actually somebody that I. Oh, you I and her would die for. destroy yeah. comedy, but she's so in a positive way funny, and she can also do drama. Like I cried in the heat. Yeah. Like I cry, like yeah. when she gets the little award and does a little dance. Oh, at I thought you were gonna say because because I blew up at the end. No, because your your hey, hair. Hey, spoiler hair, alert! I still such, haven't seen it. What you had, <laughs> straight, you had such straight hair in yeah, that movie. Yeah. Look like uh, I look terrible. Look like Melissa Car. Uh, you look like a bad guy in Carlito's way. <laughs> I tried to do an. But you were accent. great. Well, oh, you were thanks, great, buddy. and I was nope. so proud of you. But I love you. I love her. She. Uh, well, I mean, St. Vincent's obviously, but even in like, um, I mean. Shit, man! Uh, Every, everything she's real. Even in uh, this is forty. It's like she again. She, she's got Philip Seymour Hoffman qualities. She's an inability to be inauthentic. She's just you guys should I meet up. How do you her. make that happen? Can we make that happen? Is there any chance she's listening? Sure, maybe. I think you're the best. <laughs> I love her. I think she's very pretty. Mo- too. Melissa, yeah. can you come and be in Max's uh, remake of the L.A. Rams Ram It? Well, <laughs> music video. I'd just like to be her friend. <laughs> I mean, I love her. Yeah. Were you in Ghostbusters? Yeah. God, you're the best. I love Paul Feig. He makes great movies, too. Yeah. I loved Spy. Loved. Was great. I laughed uproariously. Right? And I never laughed. Wow. I Like, Jason Statham was incredible. St- 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 yeah. And But again, like, such a uh, hard comedy, but, I like, know. she was so... Amazing. You gotta, you gotta... She had to be that great to, like, oh, make that story. beyond. Jason Statham at the end saying he wants to go for, like, a ride in the boat to gather his thoughts to go to yeah. sea, and everyone's like... Yeah, you know, we're going around a boat. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna do. Saying, God's it fail. Does she know it's a lake? <laughs> hey. Don't judge me. I'll find, I'll find a fucking way to that sea. Very good. That's a good yeah, statement. This is just one of the three impressions I got. It's very good. What are the other two? The other two are Marco Kine. Good. I can, I can do a Marco Kine impression. I've heard better. Hey, of course. <laughs> of course you There's have. a couple of famous other guys who do it. Well, well. sure. When you're going against Dana Carvey. And, yeah. uh, and Michael Caine is the other and, one. And Michael Caine does a great Michael right. Caine. Everyone knows that. And then the other one is one I'm just working on right now. It's uh, Patrick Warburton. That's I like. <laughs> That's right. I think Patrick would be happy to know that people are out there doing Warburton. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just uh, trying to keep his memory alive. Is he dead? Nope. Very <laughs> oh. much alive. Well, Not dead. Still, he's All still right. killing it. Got a, well, he he's got a uh, talent holding deal at uh, ABC. Well, he will be eventually. Does he? No, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. He should. He's he great. should. Very sure. good. Um, Peter, I don't have use of my legs. He's good, man. <laughs> Brad's got a lot of skills. I got, I, I, I got three. 
I got I, I got I got three I got three impressions and uh, yeah and then, and then I could pull up music videos really fast on YouTube. That's pretty much the extent. Stick of my with talent. those three. Okay. <laughs> You're the best. You guys both. You're are. the best. Uh, Is this over? No. We're we're about we're about there. We did an hour and a half. You mm-hmm. ninety, baby. Yeah. Flew by, right? Is there anything else great to just cover? I mean, you want to t- you want to talk about a little Shanley if you want to. <laughs> How did you bring that up so fast? I told you it's one of my talents. Is this Ramit? This, this is Ramit. Okay. Is there? Can we see the video? Those colors are great. So are those the real Rams? How is this Max's, not? <laughs> Max's face looks like he's seeing two girls, one cup for the first time. I kind of am. <laughs> this might be more upsetting. <laughs> what? Dickerson? Yeah. Eric, Eric Dickerson's in Ramit. I've got a Todd Gurley on my fantasy football team, so I'm very excited to have him. Yeah, now. and now he's going to be back in L.A. I'm keeping him Big Bad Jackie. This is shocking. <laughs> what a different time. If they don't play this before every home game, come on. How has Deadspin not done this yet? Ramit? Yeah. It's the best. I know. Brad, you are the king of shit I don't know about. <laughs> Well, someone's got to have a good Ramit reference on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is back when every player rapped. I, I'm players are too cool these days. I don't I think know. you can yeah. get them to do this. Yeah, unless they're unless they're getting paid. It's like Ron Artest, and that's it. You know who you should have on the show who's doing great? Who? Is Ryan Khalil. Oh, there was a oh yeah the, the center yeah, and he's doing he's producing movies now, and he's very smart and funny. It's a great and idea, just, and and a USC connection. Yeah, and he's, he's so smart. You put like, me in touch with him. Yeah, I'll send a I'll send a group text. Perfect. I'll, I'll hide the most inspirational player thing so he doesn't judge you. <laughs> Can I ask one? I'm question? judging myself. Can I ask one yeah. question yeah. before we um, the, the candles. Hang up? Where were you when you bought this candle? What does it say? What it says, Revere House and Ocean Breeze. Like, did you see that? And you were like, I, "This is my question." There's a, and this is going to be a completely valid question. Is it going to be cut from the interview? That's my question. Hell Fuck no. no. Okay, so here's my question: Did you decide you needed a candle for your house first, or were you walking one day in the bodega <laughs> and you were like, "This is interesting. I'm going to take a smell." This smells really fucking good. I want th- I want my house to smell like this. Like Revere what? House Ocean Breeze candle. <laughs> and then well, did you... So what chicken or the egg? The age-old Adam candle question. Great question. <laughs> I will answer the same way I answer questions about the way I buy deodorant. When I bought Old Spice Wolfthorn, I didn't say to myself, <laughs> all right, I need, I need to smell like... Uh, a wolf that might have gotten <laughs> a giant splinter. To, did you used to dress up as Wolverine at Universal? I yeah, mean, baby. Right. Have you guys talked about it already? Quite a, quite a few times. I mean, a handful of times. You yeah. are a f- you are a true. That legend. was my day job I after it. acting school. I Max. remember it. You worked, but you did it. I did it, man. I had to. I, you did it. You worked so hard. You literally just. You're one of the handful of people from out here that has like like you know seen me from I mean from the A pie frat house bombing before a band but sticking with it and doing 35 minutes at a frat party who does 35 when people minutes? are talking do you remember at one point I said shut up everybody yeah. and then a drunk yeah. girl heckled me and then I like said something really inappropriate and people laughed at that and but then you I, were you were Wolverine <laughs> I yeah, remember I like, yeah. you really yeah 
Didn't. I, I, I mean, should you have that poster up right next to the poster of the Heat? Like, yeah, sure, I, I, I was in the Heat, but I was also Wolverine. Not a bad idea. I should have that next to my most inspirational plaque. When? To how long were you doing Ghostbusters for? Uh, two weeks. In Boston. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, buddy. You're so good. You really are great. Well, we both are. I, this podcast, thanks for having me. Max, uh, this has been awesome. And I, I want to talk about um, your, some upcoming... But maybe Let's you can talk. come back. We'll do that when I'm gone. Where does this rank as far as, as this is a be- great better ones? This is a great episode. What mm. was good about it and what could I do uh, better next time? Well, you're great. Okay. And you're a great conversationalist. Right. And there's a good mix of funny and, uh, and talk and shop. I feel right. like you didn't hold anything back. Right. I don't think I did. You brought some great personal stories. Right. Hearing about your the bar mitzvah and, and, and what could I What could I do better? Boy, I don't know. More Ramit references? More ra- right. Okay. No, I can do that. I can work with that. <laughs> yeah, so... You gave some, some strong advice yeah. to young filmmakers. We covered it all. Right. You, you feel like this is one of the more positive ones? A thousand percent. Okay. You know why? Because you, you, you locked in also... Uh, you know, having some built-in camaraderie helps. Right, right. So we already had that rapport. Making fun we, of my, making fun of my, up right away. Making yeah. fun of my plaque and my candles. Uh, no one's done that yet, but right. not to say that that's like something that you shouldn't do. So to answer your question, the uh, our best candle yet with the richest fragrances. Well, say that into the mic. <laughs> our best candle yet. It says. So that's what got you. <laughs> I want the best. Why wouldn't you? You're a man. Did with I also take the Christmas lights in his house? You need the best candle. <laughs> Our best candle yet. What would you lastly say to a dude who is single with the, um, with you're in the apartment of a single dude, okay? Right. Now, is right. it a parent or is it also just like, oh, cool, this guy just likes to have some, some flavor. This is the guy that if he worked at Applebee's wouldn't have enough buttons on his, his apron. If this is a parent, this is uh, a house that uh, I'm not allowing my son to have a sleepover at. Let's just put it this way. Uh, there was a guy who owned a baseball card shop named Bubs. And Bubs was up to no good. <laughs> and that sounds like an '80s movie title. <laughs> if, if I had to shoot the Bubs biopic, I might use this as location. There you go. That's a good compliment, Adam. Your apartment looks like I mean, apartment of a complete serial killer. Complete guy on the, on the swivel chair. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> Who's just there? Dude dude on the swivel chair watching his laptop with a little grin on his face. <laughs> Generic trophies. Whistle pig straight ride. Stair stepper. Kermit. Kermit the frog looking longly at me. Uh, a, like a wine holder with no wine. A Stairmaster in the corner facing a Seattle Mariners canvas. Sure. Uh, the biggest TV I've ever seen in my life. It is a 90-inch like, TV, yes. It literally couldn't feel more <laughs> Half damp- a Christmas light. <laughs> Half a Christmas light. But the nails up from the other lights that were there previously. It, it couldn't feel more dangerous in here. And, <laughs> and I like it. And you haven't even seen the fridge. No, I, I, I'm imagining like blue Powerade. <laughs> blue Powerade. Like a, ro- a couple of Rolos. <laughs> At least two different kinds of Mountain Dew. Some Laffy Taffy. <laughs> And like a big, big bottle of grape juice. I mean, four out of five ain't bad. <laughs> and and Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> and my most inspirational plaque. And I got mo- a double. And, yeah, I had a second print in the made fridge, just, just in case, case the girl in went case to late night snack. Cold. <laughs> it's nothing like a, like a spanking from a cold plaque. <laughs> just get short crest tattooed right on. Right on your lower back. Oh, God. All right. Well, I'm removing Thanks the... for p- having oh, me. Max, I love you. I hope you keep this part. <laughs> this- oh, we will. <laughs>
You guys are great. Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.